an interview with Kent Morris, and Kent's here to discuss the Torches Indigenous Art in Prisons and Community program. Kent, can you hear us? Sure can. How are you going today, Kent? Yeah, going well. How are you guys going in there? We're good, thanks. Um, so <laughs> tell us a bit about your project. Okay, look, well, we've got our annual exhibitions on at the moment. One's called Confined and the other's called Dumbada Munga Talking Knowledge. And they come from a program that the Torch runs, which provides art, cultural and art vocational support to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men and women who are in prison and upon their release from prison. And it was built around the fact that, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men and women make up 30% of the prison population, yet we only make up 3% of the general population. So it's a, a huge problem and a huge issue for, in this country. And we thought we'd build a program to try and address that. Oh, wow, that's really inspiring. And so what do you want people who come and see the program to kind of feel and change their perception and end up leaving thinking? Well, look, it's really quite uh, interesting because people come down with the big exhibition, our annual confined exhibition has 173 artists uh, with about 191 artworks. It's men and women from the, the 14 prisons that we work in and then men and women from the post-release program. So it's quite a extraordinary array of, of um, different cultures and language groups and it's a really vibrant and colourful and powerful exhibition which kind of displays resilience rather than anything, you know, people sometimes think uh, the expressions might be negative in relation to prison or this or that, but how the program works and for, for Indigenous men and women from really the, the time when incarceration for our people started, when Europeans arrived, it's always been about bringing your culture in to kind of to strengthen you and, and sort of help your, your well-being, not only uh, you know, mentally but spiritually and culturally. So it's a really quite... It's often not what people think. It's a really powerful and positive and colourful display of Aboriginal culture. Um, and it's sometimes difficult for people to reconcile that the artworks were created in prison. So does the, um, does the exhibition have a certain theme? Well, look, there are always themes that come up through the, the artworks each year and they're generally centred around wanting to reconnect back to family, um, connection to culture, connection to country. So while some of the artworks might look like they're images of, say, for example, turtles swimming in, in the water, when you look into that artwork and read probably where the artist is coming from, it's generally around a connection to that, say, totem animal but representative of a family and a desire to get back to family and to, and to reconnect and to find a way forward. So, look, it's actually hung. It's very interesting the way it's hung. You've got a whole couple of walls around freshwater, saltwater um, theme. There's a whole big wall around connection to country. There's always that whole beautiful section around uh, native birds as, as totem animals and traditional designs on, on um, you know, belongings and artefacts like shields and boomerangs. So it is kind of displayed in a thematic curatorial sense, but there's always deeper meanings in the works when you first look at them. There's something else beyond that as well. That sounds really beautiful because I feel like in today's age, we're all so addicted to social media and whatever's happening in our own lives that we forget about the connection to our country and the connection to family. And this um, exhibition, I feel like, would definitely bring awareness to that. Oh, look, absolutely, and it's one of the, you know, driving issues around this in incredible rate of incarceration for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people is it disrupts families, disrupts communities. A lot of the effects and, and uh, 
things that have led to this high level of incarceration, you know, around the impact of colonisation and, and separation from family and country and moving, being moved away, the over-policing and discriminatory policing. And there's very serious issues around this. But the positive thing about this exhibition is, and what I've found in the seven years of, of running this program, the men and women really just want to make, make change and make positive change and find ways to connect back to not only themselves and possibly connect for the first time to, to their family and culture, but also do that in a way which is expressed through an art form, so a cultural practice, and then shared with the community, because that's sort of sharing the artwork, is that connection back um, to community as well. And one of the other positive things we've had for the last two years is we've been able to sell the artworks from men and women in the program. So oh, wow. for the first time, yeah, for the first time in Victoria, men and women in the Torch program are able to sell their artworks and that money is held in trust uh, for them to access upon release. But That's also, amazing. Yeah, and the families can also access that money if there's driving needs at home, like things to do with particularly kids' uh, educational needs or just stresses on that household. So mum or dad or uncle or aunt or brother and sister can provide that economic support whilst they're still inside through the sale of the works. Um, and, and we're a not-for-profit organisation, so 100% of the purchase price goes to the artist. That's that's really amazing what you're doing, and I yeah I understand that community is a really big and important thing. Um, so I was just wondering, like, about the ex exhibition. Will any of the artists be at the exhibition? Yeah, look, every year for both the exhibition, but mainly for the the main exhibition, which is confined nine. Um, men and women from the program come every year to work with me and other Torch staff to, to curate the exhibition, to install the exhibition, um, to talk to the media about their stories and to learn that other side of the art world but also to come take ownership of how the exhibition uh, looks. And I think probably about 12 of the men and women were able to come to the launch. And every Saturday we have a Torch worker, Paul McCann, who's the Indigenous Arts Officer in prisons and one of the fellows from the program at the gallery to just talk about the exhibition and their experiences. So the Saturdays from uh, 12 to 4 at the, at the gallery are really important because they're like a, a member of the program there. Um, and Ken, so you mentioned that you work with a range of different people across around 14 different prisons. Do you find that some of the artwork coming from each prison has a theme? I suppose that being in the sense that they would be working with other people around them and sort of have similar Different ideas inspirations perhaps. and relationships that forge their artwork. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. There is a lot of uh, peer group support and, and, and learning and teaching, and we come in and provide an extra layer to that. Unfortunately, the men and women often get moved from facility to facility, but no matter what happens, there's always a kind of a, a connection within the group and particularly support from some of the more experienced, uh, you know, those that have been painting for a little while to really help the, the new fellows and the younger ones uh, to teach them techniques and processes and everyone learning together from this whole uh, experience. So what I found initially was it's like a cultural vacuum in the prison. It's hard to, to have any kind of cultural learning. So a lot of the men and women that I spoke to could none, yeah, say what language group they're from. They might say the Galakurnai or Yorta Yorta, but they didn't really know a lot beyond that. So... Part of the program is to really build resources and learning and information around 
creation stories and relevant totem animals and bush tucker and, you know, history of that language group, significant elders, both past and present artists from that language group, the different styles and designs. And so then that can also be uh, discussed within the group and people can understand the differences across the language groups too, that it's not just this one kind of form of more generic art that was apparent initially in the program. It's now becoming far more... Uh, focused on where each person is from and so that people are not only learning about their own language group but learning about other other language groups as well. And so when the general public comes to confine, it's, I say to them in the middle of the program, you're, you're kind of educating the public now. I mean, you've become educators around your culture and to share that with the broader public. So we're all kind of learning and understanding more mm-hmm. about the rich culture of this, uh, rich history and, and culture of, of first peoples of this country. Well, Ken, you're doing an amazing job and that's really inspiring. Do you want to just tell our listeners where we can go to check out the um, the program? Yeah, look, absolutely. There's three, actually, three venues where you can see artworks from this program. It's become so big. You know, the first year there were about 49 men and women. We had 60 artworks. Now we've got over 175 men and women in the program exhibiting over, well, over 200 artworks. So the main exhibition is called Confine Nine. It's at the Carlisle Street Art Space which is in the St Kilda Town Hall on Carlisle Street, St Kilda, and that runs to the 14th of March. Open every day except Sunday, and Saturdays at 12 to 4. There's a beautiful exhibition called Dumbada Manga Talking Knowledge at the Alliance Francais uh, Gallery, which is on 51 Grey Street, St Kilda. That runs to the 28th of March, and that has a really high-level artist in the post-release program, men and women who are really making that jump from confined into the commercial gallery system. So you have artists there like Raymond Young and Robbie Wiramanda, Veronica Hudson, Ray Traplin, and they've either been already collected by significant, you know, public institutions, creating commissions, and they're really on, well on their way to, to making some noise in the, in the art world. And now at the Torch Gallery, we have all the significant works that we couldn't display in these two exhibitions. So we're just at 46 St Kilda Road, St Kilda. Um, and all of these three galleries are very much, you know, within five to ten minutes walking pace of each other. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kent, for coming to speak with us. Oh, thank you so much for your support. We really 